Blog Talk Radio. One, two, one, two, three, four. Good evening, everybody. Happy Tuesday evening. Welcome to Joe Wu Radio's The Career Expert Live, another edition. Uh, we'll be talking about workplace conflict and how to deal with it. So excited to discuss that topic. Many of you have been reaching out and saying you want to hear and see topics. So that's going to be the topic of discussion for this evening. Uh, so we had a great show last week, uh, absolutely massive audience, uh, smashed the ratings, you know, we're moving on up. And Susan Bennett, who was the voice of Siri, uh, was just a totally awesome guest and just really showed her her love for what she does. And I, I really thought at times I was talking to Siri, it was kind of funny. Um, and, you know, a couple of points, some of the things she said sounded like Siri. And uh, she had a great moment on the show last week where she talked about how she was actually talking to herself in Siri. And it was just kind of really odd and weird, but it was neat to see that uh, the human side of her. But again, the love and passion that she had for what she showed, I mean, that's truly what matters. And you really have to love and enjoy it. And that came clear across. If anything, I took away from Susan was just the love and passion you have to have. And she loves what she does. And, um, you know, for me, you think, okay, finding out that you were the voice of, of Siri, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, when am I getting paid? But she was like, hey, she took it in stride. Hey, that's awesome. That's great. You know, get a little something out of it and continue to move forward. And I think so many people that I see and I've coached and dealt with and worked with are just going through the motions. You know, they don't love what they do. They have settled, you know, and I did the same thing. You know, it's, it's easier to do. It's easy to settle and it's easy to kind of just get in there and go through the motions kind of like a zombie. Uh, and we'll explore settling in a future episode. It's definitely one of those things that we need to um, need to talk about it. But today we switch gears and talk about conflict resolution and we'll have this uh, sort of periodic setup. As I said last week, we have six weeks of shows, six weeks in a row, then one week off and every other week will be a guest and those other weeks will be a specific topic. So if you guys have amazing topics that you want me to discuss, please feel free to uh, reach out and let me know and be happy to talk about them. Uh, so in the major news, um, the Republican debate uh, occurred again last week. That was debate number two. Uh, what a debate and some interesting fireworks uh, that went on there. Uh, Carly Fiorina moved into the number two spot in the GOP or Republican Party uh, in the polls. Um, you know, again, Trump was Trump. I didn't really see anyone who fully impressed me. I mean, Carly had some really good, strong moments. She was firm. I, I did feel like there was a little bit of... Um, mechanics and some robotics to to some of the way she talked and maybe it was some nervousness but overall i mean she she if anybody to me was a clear winner she held her own and just some of the the one-liners she had were very memorable and she didn't back down from trump so it's going to be an interesting race to see what happens and most people are saying that trump is actually going to start to go down now that the summer's over it's a traditional time for a top candidate to fall and he's already started to fall a little bit still the number one but we'll we'll be interested to see how that how that kind of plays out. Um, so that was very interesting. Uh, other major news, uh, non sort of career related, but uh, anyway, economy related, you know, cause in traffic related as well. Pope Francis uh, has touched down on us soil in uh, Maryland today and he's in DC and he'll be here through the remainder of the week and he'll be in uh, New York and Philly. So for those of you in DC, New York and Philly, uh, sorry, you have to deal with the traffic and the road closures, but uh, get through it and all will be good. So let's switch over to um, gears a little bit to dailyjobcuts.com, which we talk about the different layoffs and 
uh, job cuts that are actually out there. So as we announced um, last week, HP had mentioned 30,000 or so layoffs, and uh, there were no news updates uh, this week from HP. We went and reached out to see if there was anything, and there was just nothing. So um, again, it's sort of quiet on their side, and we'll see. They might reevaluate it a little bit. Um, many of you heard on Friday, Volkswagen had a major crisis, um, and this was that uh, U.S. government found that 5,000 Volkswagen vehicles were programmed to emit lower emissions. Um, and that crisis broke on Friday, and I think the uh, CEO is resigning. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of impact that has on, on jobs here in the U.S. and the economy. Um, sure, it'll have some sort of impact uh, in the coming months, but we'll, we'll look forward to see more information on that. Uh, Groupon is cutting 1,100 jobs worldwide as they continue to do cost reductions as they struggle uh, to maintain um, you know, the, what their company is. Uh, ESPN, about 200 to 300 layoffs are possible. Uh, Disney had notified ESPN to trim about $100 million in their budget. So naturally, where do things go? They go to layoffs and, and job cuts. Uh, the Chicago Public Schools chief had indicated um, earlier in, in this week um, that layoffs uh, notices could occur by Thanksgiving if they do not um, have any state help and they continue to struggle with their budget. So uh, we've heard this a little bit before in June, mentioned some some potential layoffs. It looks like this is becoming more and more reality. It's just very sad that it's occurring, but hopefully the state will be able to pitch in and help the uh, the public schools. They really need some better controls there. Uh, a company called Johnson Controls is uh, reducing workforce, uh, 3,000 from salaried workers. Uh, this will be occurring over the coming months. On Qualcomm in San Diego, uh, 1,314 jobs will be cut as it revamps its business in the midst of uh, slower growth. And Home Depot in Hagerstown, Maryland, uh, there'll be 300 people losing their jobs at their distribution center. So that uh, obviously is some, some small restructuring going on there. It'll be interesting to kind of continue to see how how things go. Uh, I'm curious in the home sector. You know, we've heard that potential rates are going to rise uh, pretty soon, uh, interest rates. So we might start to see a slowdown, and that could be something Home Depot is anticipating. I've noticed in the past that they're very good at anticipating, and they do uh, typically cut jobs. And uh, so we'll see where that goes. So that is all the news, and we get the news from dailyjobcuts.com. Uh, so let's get to our main topic today, which is conflict in the workplace. Um, I think for me, conflict in the workplace, I mean, I've dealt with it. <clears throat> you know, I've been in the industry for over 20-some years now. I actually started out working at 13 years old, got my working papers, as I said, as a waiter at a retirement home. And from very early on, first couple of days on the job, I saw a major conflict and I was exposed to it right away. So I'm very thankful uh, for those early experiences. But I always think for people, conflict, you know, they're not really sure what it means. How does it work? Um, but I think it makes sense to really start with a, uh, a definition first. What is conflict in the workplace? For me, it's really, I think, boils down to disagreements between workers and colleagues in a work environment. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think these disagreements can be small and they can be massive. It, it just really depends. But I, I really think if you look at the definitions, the disagreement between workers and colleagues in a work environment, and that's really what it is. I think so many people try to make it, you know, fighting, screaming, all this stuff. But Really, it's a disagreement between worker colleagues in a work environment. And I think some examples of what I think conflict are, uh, you don't agree with the position that your boss has taken on an issue where you want to debate your boss a little bit and say, hey, I'm not really sure that that makes sense, or I'm thinking a different. You don't agree with the, the approach of a project. And I think that's one of the most common things when you get a project team together, you get a lot of people who disagree on things. Uh, and there's always some conflict. And again, that could be minor, could be could be major, depending on the, the characteristics of the team. And uh, there's too many problems occurring um, when you have too many problems in, in a job. Let's say, for
for example, in an IT industry, you have outages where you've got phone outages and system issues that occur and systems crash. These things can create massive conflict. I think, again, that's another big area. And you have people bickering on, let's say, a, a um, war call or you know, a call where people got to get on to solve the problem if there's a phone outage at your company. Um, you know, things get to the limits and uh, people really uh, struggle to sort of maintain, I think, some good diplomacy on those types of calls. It's amazing what you what you can hear. Um, and, you know, another sort of example is an employee does something not so pleasant. Um, they upset a customer. You get a conflict there because then you have to deal with that situation where the employee is upset or not in a good state and you've got to confront that. Uh, someone comes in halfway through a project. I've seen that happen where you get the new person on the block comes in on the project and they start making waves. You know, they want to they want to show that their value and you start to kind of see, you know, those things occur. So that's um it's interesting to see that, but that's another area that I've seen major conflict occur in the workplace. Uh, some other quick examples, and then we'll kind of get into why it happens. Uh, you get an overexcited employee that's super positive, and I'm probably one of the most positive people there, but it's more of a realistic, positive approach. Um, I've seen where these guys are just super positive. You know, they're in at like five in the morning, they leave at seven at night, and they're just constantly working, constantly running around. And you get off a call with them, you're from another center or you're in a meeting and you walk out and you're just drained and you're like, wow, that, that person's nuts. Sometimes it's a good thing. You get some good energy, but if it's way sort of to the extreme, that does, that does create some conflict. And also how an employee acts, you know, how they behave, how they perform. It definitely creates conflict on a team, especially if somebody's struggling, they come in late and the manager doesn't deal with it. Um, that's another issue. You know, policy changes are big, uh, especially if they come from the top down, people get upset and irked about that. Uh, mergers and acquisitions. Um, early on in my career, I'll give you a good example of a merger and acquisition conflict. I worked for a company called First USA Bank, which was a small credit card bank, and it grew to be pretty big. And they were acquired by Bank One Corporation, most of you know now as J.P. Morgan Chase or J.P. Morgan. And it was interesting. I'll never forget the story that the CEO told at the time. First USA was a very casual company um, and laid back. And Bank One uh, basically wore suits and ties. So as they met for the first time, the first USA executive team had casual dress and Bank One had suits and ties. So you can see right there, there was a conflict there because totally, totally different styles. So let's shift gears a little bit and find out, so why does conflict happen in the workplace? Well, we're all human and, and we're all very different. You know, we're going after different things at different times and it's natural. You know, I think people think that conflict shouldn't occur. The conflict is natural and it's healthy when, when it is healthy. Um, and what I mean by that is, is people, you know, being diplomatic, but, you know, saying, hey, I disagree, but being respectful. Uh, and some of us love the thrill of conflict. You know, I know people out there who uh, enjoy it so much. They love to go after someone and tear people, a new one, and tear them up and break them down. And, and that's our nature, too. You know, we're human. We build up and tear down. You see it with celebrities, you know, with somebody like a Miley Cyrus, where, you know, we, we what do we say? Oh, there she goes again. There's Miley. And then, you know, she goes into rehab or something and then we you know we give her standing ovation and so we like to build and tear up you know build up people tear them down and build them back up again and you know we want it our way too we want things uh we think to think we're right all the time uh we don't always like someone else's perspective we might feel that they're infringing especially in a confined workplace you know we, we you know we want to be in charge you know we, we like to feel significant we like to be the person you know who's large and in charge and I think most of it does occur because of uh, sort of written things that are that are put in emails. Um, you know, we're not in front of a person and probably in a different office. And we get that email that rolls in at five o'clock on a Friday and we interpret it and say, what the hell is going on here? Or why is this why is this occurring? And it's, you know, someone takes some kind of action and says, hey, I'm going to do this. And then every all hell breaks loose at that point. 
And again, you could kind of clearly see that, you know, there's, there's the communication breakdown there. I think also, too, in, in conflicts, you know, we're humans again, we play the victim role. Um, someone attacks us or made us look bad and we want to get them back. You know, we say, oh, I'm a victim. I just got brutalized in a meeting and you sit and stew about it for a while. And, you know, we continue to let it happen and we don't practically address it. Uh, and we get involved personally. You know, um, I think personal relationships have a big play in it. You know, we, we see it all the time with dating in the, in the, in the job. We go out and have fun. And I have no problem going out as, as colleagues or friends. But, you know, for me, dating and playing in the field is, is at work is problematic and it can be a mess. And I've seen it really tear teams apart and tear departments apart. And I've seen all kinds of HR issues uh, come about. And for me personally, you know, of course, when I was growing up, you know, you're young, you get out of college, you start dating, you know, in the workforce and you date at your company. Uh, it's not something I would recommend. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. You know, keep, you know, keep to me, keep your colleagues there with work. Um, sure, they could be somewhat friends, but I, I kind of consider more colleagues because I don't share everything with them because you never know when something can come back to bite you. And then Facebook posts, which is a big thing these days, you know, all over social media. And I do not friend a work colleague. And obviously, I'm not working for myself now. We're getting things going. But um, you know, when I worked at companies in the beginning when Facebook was popular, oh, great, let me get somebody and let me friend them. Uh, and I learned early on, and we start to do that, people see your habits and they start talking to your boss and manager. So um, now when I'm, you know, sort of with somebody in business or an associate, I do not, you know, connect with them on social media, really, unless it's for business purposes only. And you really expose yourself to many, many more problems that are out there. So you definitely want to keep that separate. And to me, your job is where you're making your living and your home is where you make your friends and family. It's the best way I can say it. So your job is where you make your living and your home is where you make your friends and family. Uh, and some of us get so fearful that we avoid conflict. And I think this creates even more conflict because we just become yes people. And it drives me nuts when I see that. You know, the person's, yes, I'll do that. Yes, boss, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it now. And within five minutes, they bust something out and they get it done. And they don't let anybody else help them or, you know, and what happens in those situations, conflict continues to build up internally within us and it festers outside of us. You know, how many times when you um, when you say yes, uh, you think that there's no conflict, everything's fine. But if I had a camera on people who said yes, it'd be amazing to watch their body language and see how they're stewing back at their desk. And, you know, how many times they've gone out either smoking or gone out with somebody at lunch and said, oh, my boss did. Oh, I got another project. And there's there's that internal conflict that's going on. And it's more passive conflict. But it, it's definitely still there. And, you know, people look at bosses with three heads. You see it all the time. And I also think, too, um, you know, what is the response? We typically say, well, I'm tired, you know, I'm getting it. Instead of saying time out, I'm opposed to this. I think that's one of the areas too, where, you know, when our boss looks at us and says, Hey, you seem a little confused. And, you know, again, we say, well, I'm sort of tired, you know, I'm really not understanding it. Now I'll get it. You know, just a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, early on, I would do that too, to kind of appease the boss and not try to create conflict. But I think that creates more conflict because in the end, you're struggling to kind of get the project done or get things going. And then you're having to really repeat yourself or meet back with your boss or the team. And I think it creates more of a, more of a conflict situation. And, and really, I think what we need to really start doing is we need to start saying, Hey, time out. Now I'm opposed to this, but here's some things that I'm actually thinking. And I think the main reason all this happens is because of our human needs. You know, we, uh, you've probably heard this from Tony Robbins, but there's six human needs, certainty, variety, significance, uh, you get the loving connection, contribution, and growth. And we do all these types of things to, to meet these needs. And if you really look at it, uh, you know, when I, you look at these kind of examples I provided, think about why someone is attacking people. You know, they usually want to feel important. So they want to feel significant. They want to feel that they matter. 
So they're really kind of going after that sort of way of feeling significant. And if you want to see their outside life, they probably don't feel significant or have had bad experiences in their life. And, you know, I'm sure if you are friends with somebody who is kind of in that situation where, you know, they're looking to feel significant and they want to tear people apart. I'm sure you go out to lunch, you hear about all the problems that they've had, all the disagreements and, uh, and challenges that they had in their life. And, you know, again, I think another example is um, a person would say that, you know, this is the way it is and that's exactly it. So looking for certainty as well. So looking to make sure things are exactly as they are because it's fearful to have something that might not be certain or they're not really sure about. And, you know, you get people who argue with you over who does what in the projects and that person wants to take control. And again, it goes more towards the significance. And I think with management styles too, you know, we're all different. But we go for significance here, and it's also a little bit of, you know, we feel that we're not going to grow as a human. I don't think, you know, the growth aspect is a lot, but, you know, again, one of the um, human needs is uh, growth and contribution. And I don't think we do this consciously, but I think our subconscious picks up on this, you know, especially when we're sort of the last man on the totem pole or, you know, even in school, you're the last person picked. You know, you don't feel like you're, you know, contributing. You feel like there's any kind of growth, so you get depressed and you get upset. And again, that creates a lot of a lot of conflict there because we don't really say too much. We close up and shut down at that point. So really going and being proactive with it. And again, we run various patterns um, to meet these needs, too. You know, we there's a pattern we call in coaching called a crazy eight where you go from happy to sad, sad and back and forth. It's crazy eight. And we'll discuss that on another episode. But we don't want to focus on the patterns, but really want to focus on, on why we do these things and really get you guys some some good advice on, you know, how we actually uh, handle this and how we manage it effectively. Because I think as a, you know, as a human society, I think we do a really poor job of conflict and we have these nice things out there and we take conflict resolution, HR courses. I just don't think they're effective. I mean, I, I, one of my employers, there was a conflict resolution video and every year you would do it and it's a five minute video and it's somebody just talking conflict resolution and it does nothing. You need to have consistency in it. And I think that's one of the big things that you'll see as I talk about a solution to be proactive about it. And that is absolutely, um, absolutely critical. Um, but I think really when you think about it, the six human needs are why we do what we do and why we go through these conflict situations and why we you know, avoid it and why we go for the conflict and why we experience it. And there's really nothing wrong with healthy conflict. Again, I think the problem is, is that we hear the word conflict, it's a bad, dirty word. And really conflict to me can be very healthy if you have people are pr productive and you know they produce a healthy environment. Uh, but I think really when it gets to be bad conflict is when it's abusive and you get the, the very bad verbal altercations, even sometimes physical seen out in the parking lot. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit here and talk about you know, how we deal with it. So we've talked about sort of why we're where we are, but how do we really um, you know deal with the conflict? What are What are some ways that we can actually, you know, get out of the conflict situations and, and not necessarily avoid it, but how do we make sure that we solve these things and, and be a good employee? So I think there's certain areas that we, we need to focus on. And, you know, if I were to take a hundred percent, let's say pie chart, I think there's uh, let's say probably five areas and one is communication, which I think is big. That's like 60% of the equation. Emotions are about 10%. Expectation and goal setting is 5% view uh, conflict as positive, that is 5%. And then what I call proactive in resolution, that's 20%. I think that's the second biggest category and you'll see why. And that's why I saved it the best for last. So again, you know, you've got these, uh, these five categories on how to deal with it, which I call one, communication, two, emotions, three, expectation and goal setting, four, uh, view conflict as positive, and five, proactive resolution. So really, what are these then? <clears throat> so communication. So, you know, as humans, 
you know, we're, we're probably the most communicative, you know, uh, species that's out there. And we have such a hard time in, in struggling with it, especially, you know, male and female, you know, there's different energies, different things. We just struggle with it. So, so why really is that? And how do we, how do we focus on that? And I think with communication, we have to be clear and we have to provide, you know, repetition and repetitive communication. So when you give directions or you give some sort of mandate that this needs to be done, you absolutely must be clear as to what your expectations are. <clears throat> and I think you also have to follow up so people understand. And follow-up emails are absolutely key. Now, I know what people are probably thinking here. Some people are probably saying, oh, it's not my job. I don't babysit. I'm not paid enough to manage these people. And some people might even say, you know, hey, I might, you know, this might be micromanaging. And really, when I think that when you look at um, micromanaging, that's not the case at all. You're not babysitting or any of that. <clears throat> you have to be an effective leader by communicating clearly and often. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about my, my throat here. A little scratch in my throat. Sometimes that happens. But people need reminders. You know, we're human. We forget things. We have so much stuff going on. It's, it's insane what goes on in our world now. But uh, it's absolutely key and critical to have good, effective communication. That's why I say it's 60%. Um, emotions are 10%. You really got to control your emotions when faced in the conflict. So many people right away, what typically happens is they get, you know, emotional about something and they start crying, they start freaking out and they get so angry that they take the email and they berate the person and slam them in an email or in a conference call and they put the mute button on and start bitching in the conference room and then they slam the person. And really how to deal in, in the emotional situation when you feel very emotional and you get all these emotions flooding in, you got to breathe. You got to focus on your breathing. That's one of the, the most basic elements of life is breathing. If we get tensed up and we really stop breathing or we have heavy breathing. So what I typically do is I start to breathe a little bit. I might close my eyes for a second or two or you know, get up out of the chair and kind of walk in my office a little bit and start to breathe a little bit, do some slow breathing. Um, and sometimes, too, if it's I'm not on a conference call, I get an email, I walk away, I get out of the environment. I go outside and take a walk. Sometimes it really clears things up. You hear a bird chirp or it's sunny, it's nice out, you think about a good positive thing, it helps. And, and don't go commiserate with a colleague and have a bit session. It really makes it worse because you feel like crap the rest of the day and you take it home. Um, it, it's easy to do it because we love the bitch, we love to complain. And ultimately, you know, it's, it, it's basically your ass on the line. So I would say don't commiserate with a colleague. Um, it's never a good thing. And I've always seen it get into too much trouble. The third area is expectation and goal setting. And this is about 5% of the equation. And as a leader, you've got to do this. I mean, you have to set uh, clear expectations and clear goals. And, and I'll be honest with you, I do not believe corporations do this well at all. Um, you know, as a part of the, the yearly goals and the systems that are out there, I mean, think about it right now. If you're an employee and you're working out there, when do you set your goals and get direction? Usually by March or April. In some cases, I've worked for companies where you get it by your mid-year review. The goals aren't fully settled. And I think that's really bad in organizations volumes for it. So as leaders, we need to step it up. We need to get the expectations and we need to get the goals out there. So everybody's clear on what their roles are, what their job descriptions are. You know, what, what are the goals for the year? What are the goals for the quarter, the week and the month? And, you know, if you have that kind of clarity, it truly helps and it truly reduces a lot of conflict and the expectations are set, you know, how to behave, how to act, the tardiness call outs. I mean, I ran a lot of call centers, a lot of big call centers in my day. And I would set, you know, one of the biggest things is tardiness and costs. People would show up late. And I would set that expectation. And unfortunately, there were cases where I had to fire employees. I hate to do that. I hate to, you know, mess up someone's life. But at the end of the day, you still have to run a business. And you have to run a department. And it makes it worse if you don't handle those things because it creates a lot of conflict. And people start to think you take sides. And 
and do things like that. So that's really expectation and goal setting is really be very specific with the expectations and goals. And it's okay to do that and work with HR if you need to. Uh, the fourth area is view conflict as positive. So what does that mean? So again, as we talked a little bit about earlier, you know, people cringe that they hear the word you know, conflict and immediately it's negative. Um, and we've made it negative, which is, which is bad. Healthy conflict is good. Uh, you can find the best solutions in a tough situation sometimes. You put everybody together in a crisis. You put them in a war room or a conference room. People come up with some really great things, and you see people how they are, you know, how they act, and you find out who your superstars are. So I think you have to take the approach that conflict is positive, and it, where it becomes bad is the sort of physical abuse or verbal abuse where you really have to stop it nipping in the bud. So that's the fourth. And the fifth and final area that I call for good conflict resolution is proactive and resolution. And to me, this is a key area and why I've ranked it second. You know, communication obviously being number one and this being about 20%. So being proactive in resolution. So what do I mean, what do I mean by that? So as a leader, you know, with common sense, you're out there, um, you know, people's hot buttons. You know, you know, if they're layoffs, you talk to people. If there are financial problems with the company, you've got to talk to people. You know, there's a payment problems. I work for startup companies where they weren't able to make payroll and people went home and direct deposit wasn't there. They came in on Monday freaking out. And you got to talk to people and you got to set a proactive time to get out there. So as a leader, I see so many leaders get closed up. They're in their office. They hole up. They're there. They don't do anything. And then people are out there kind of bickering back and forth. Like, what's going on with this company? I'm hearing a rumor. Get out there and be proactive and address it. I mean, that is the true definition of leader. And that's the true definition of being proactive. And so many companies don't do this. And if you would honestly take five, 10 minutes a day, you'd absolutely be amazed at what you would what you'd see and the change in behavior of your employees because they'd see you being a leader out there and you walk by on the floor. I mean, there were times on a call center where I, have an, I had a desk out there. I mean, I hated it in my office. I had to be out there on the call center talking to people. What's working well? No, it's not. And you should be on the floor and not hiding in your office. And if you're virtual, you get on instant message, you get on Skype, uh, link meeting, uh, which is a good thing. And whatever it is, people see you and people see you up front and who you are for what you are. And, you know, I've had people work for me all around the world. In India, I've had a huge amount of workforce and I would get on, you know, link a meeting where people would see me or I get on Skype absolutely every, you know, couple hours a day and check in with people and they see you and you set the expectation and you're proactive. And you got to talk to people about a set meeting because this, this whole thing is set meetings. Hey, we have a weekly one-on-one. Great. That's it. We won't talk about anything else. We'll email, meet up, and it'll be a big dialogue and a big bitch session. No, you've really got to visit uh, your offices when you can, especially if you have a regional office and you've got a couple offices that are in the driving distance. You know, for example, I'm in Delaware and a couple of companies I work for at offices in Pennsylvania, Jersey. I'd be out there at least once a week talking to people. And those practice times are really when you're going to get the people to I'll tell you what's going on, not the set meetings where everybody's so stiff and gets so worried and nervous. Uh, but if you do those proactive meetings and you're out there, you hear you're out in front of it and you should be as a leader. There is no reason you should not be, you know, having every idea what's going on. You've got to be out there and understand exactly what's going on at all times. I conduct surveys. I do quarterly surveys on myself and my department. And sure, that probably freaks people out. But at the end of the day, that's how you're going to get better. You're going to know what's going on. People like anonymous surveys. It helps. I've done focus groups of six to seven people. A half hour, and sure, sometimes it tends to be a uh, you know bit session. But at the end of the day, if you're getting information from people, what's working and what's not, you're you're getting to the point where you're resolving this conflict proactively, and you know communicate a resolution. Uh, employees love that, especially when you have conflict. You know, so many people, you know, they they see it and they see part bits and pieces of, it, but they don't see the final result. And people leave it alone and say, okay, well, how did that work out? Or you know, we heard that there were going to be layoffs. So what happened? Or you know, we heard that there was a major um, you know outage or system problem, and nobody hears about it and they say hey we're the last to know we have no idea what's going on 
customers call in, you talk to them, and you have no clue. And it's just a bad environment. So you got to really communicate the resolution. And, and I'll tell you, employees love that. That's one of the biggest things that employees say on employee surveys is they love to hear and be a part of things and, and learning. So it's really huge. So those are the five areas. And I know we've talked a lot here in a half hour. I haven't seen any questions come through on social media. Uh, but if there are, you can always email us and uh, you can post them there and email us as well and be happy to discuss them in our follow-up shows that we have. But I hope that's actually given you a lot of good information and insight into why we do things and you know conflicts, why we do what we do, and then some some good five areas that you could really work to implement immediately. You, know, you can actually go into work tomorrow and start implementing some of these things very quickly, and it'll really help you um, help you immensely. And I'm always available, as I said, for coaching or for any time that you need. Uh, I've dealt with every single probably imaginable conflict from fighting to people bringing weapons into the office to people throwing things, storming out of the office to simple somebody's upset and lost a loved one, things happen or just poor performance and it affects the team. So I've dealt with it all. Uh, so it's been a very interesting topic and I really appreciate your time today. And that is actually it for uh, tonight's episode of Joe Rudy of the Career Expert Live with how to deal with conflict. So please join me next week for another weekly show. We've got some great guests coming up and Peter Pasternak from Amy's Flip This House in a couple of weeks. And as I said, we're working on some amazing guests and it's really going to be a fun, uh, fun fall here as we continue to get going. So uh, thank you all for listening again and thank you for being a part of this journey. Good night and live amazing, everybody. <laughs>